ca slash support crimeamerica.ca slash support fee-fi-fiddly-i-o and tell them Felix sent you there And then one female entity will step forward. I call her the white goddess because she's purely white. I mean, literally snow white, like snow. And she sat down next to me and she said, it's not going to be like that. Okay, guys, welcome back to the America show. Uh, we're going to be chatting with Magenta Pixie a little bit later about uh, new age versus the truthers and channeling and some deep state. We even get into the deep state stuff a little bit here. And it's a fun one. Awesome chat. Yeah, it was a good one. We got a Sunday afternoon, nice Sunday afternoon because she's over the pond someplace. A yeah, great time. And uh, yeah, we got our, our, our good friend Michael's back in the studio after a long hiatus. That'll be fun. We got to talk to him. We got some, 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 Treasure Graham found, so yeah, it's gonna be a good one. So uh, treasure, some treasure Graham, mm. a little treasure gnome Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> That's why. How'd you know I love treasure so much? <laughs> you brought treasure. I, I did bring treasure. I didn't it's really think no of it brain. that way, but now, yeah, I could. Yeah, I'm still looking for the old 35 year old D and D character sheet. You can't find that. I, I is it possible? It. I think it was sold. Is it possible it's been just my, sold? My, our old DM, my old buddy, sold all our gear. Like, uh, like, what? like, like, he sold our whole thing for like eight hundred bucks about ten guys, years ago, <laughs> ten or twelve years ago. And I was, get, he told me about the time. I'm like, don't sell wait, our stuff. Wait, wait, now he's wait, totally wait, regretting. What kind of stuff? All the books, the modules, the dice. Oh, so the, like these physical the, books, not stuff mm, you guys wrote. No, and the little. Uh, what, I I think they're maybe included. I don't know where mine is. Like my I I have you know the characters you rolled up. Yeah, and and he sold the figures. Like our, we had miniatures at the time. All the miniatures of our. What do you do with those? He sold them all. He sold the whole what, package. No, what do you do with the miniatures? You move them around the board, like the, not the board, but the the uh, the grid. Yeah. So everyone has their own grid. Oh, in those days, you no, had, you you share it like it's a tabletop so thing where you're sharing you a grid like. The, we were together, yeah. Most people play D and D together, okay. not like we do online. But nowadays, I mean, you can do whatever you want. Now there's virtual grids, right? Like you can play. We play in a shared website with a grid on it, where we all can control our our guys on a virtual Alternate grid. Reality, virtual reality. Like Brody made his. Brody made his. He made a grid uh, with both com combination of both well, tabletop built, virtual. I built, a, I built a TV into a table. Yeah, you built the TV into a table for the grid that so you play it's on. It's like a TV in the table. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and you guys play on your little things and you roll your dice. And... Yep. I'd rather play in person, but we don't have enough people. That's right. Well, you and Graham could get together in person, couldn't you, and play against the world? So what? Just what? Like two of us? Yeah, and when you play, well, then you guys would be in person at least. Or is it, all, is it all or nothing? My house on Mondays. Yeah, yeah, no, you could, it would be fun, yeah. Why don't you yeah, do we that? could do that. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, just you know, at that point, like you know, it would be it would be fun, but it's, it would be all all or nothing is kind of better. But anyway, so I was searching. We just in, so we take some time here. We go through listener emails and stuff. We chit chat about stuff before the show. So you can fast forward to Magenta, but if you want to hear about the treasure I found while I was looking for my old I've been character better. sheet, 
at add in the skip ahead thing. Okay, again. yeah, you can skip I think ahead I'm like if you want. Three for three or something like that. On add in the skip ahead or click the timestamp. Yeah, there's a timestamp in the show notes. But anyways, we sort of like to mess around with some stuff in here beforehand. That's right. And I found some uh, old old paperwork. So we found, yeah, well, we found. See, now this wouldn't be relevant for you guys as much because you're all younger. I mean, I'm 48 now. This is probably older than most of our listeners. I just turned 48, so I found. That probably that's probably older. I found an original document from like the mid 80s. Darren, I'll let you. I'll let you talk about. So well, at least we know that you've been a committed role player. Well, I left it for many years, but. Because this is clearly 30 plus years old. It's probably from like 84, 85, maybe. So, so 33 was, years old, probably. I was, <laughs> I was still in like diapers, barely out of diapers. And you're creating your own role playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, with my friends. That How old are you, Brody? 33. So that thing's old, is old as Brody. This thing's as old as Brody. So we definitely have a bunch of listeners that this document is older than. And you can tell it's aged. It's, it's aged well, right? Yeah. It's almost like an old scroll, it looks like. And of course, your role playing game is called Professional Wrestling. <laughs> what a lame name, right? <laughs> eh? Like, you think we could have come up with a better name? So here, let's. let's so just for some context. Oh, boy. We, we used to play our own little basic expert D&D as kids, and the, but we were also into wrestling, of course, right? Yeah. And other stuff, like music and all that, of course. That's what you did in the 80s. But this was back in the, like, Randy Macho Man Savage and Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Superfly Snuka and Ivan the Polish Power Putski and all these, all these guys. <laughs> so we created a role-playing game for it. So we got here, let's just, I'll just read the opening paragraph. Professional wrestling is a role-playing game which simulates the rough and tough action of professional wrestlers. <laughs> the game can be played with anywhere from one to six players. One person can play it. Yeah, you can play like both guys against yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it explains it later on in the rules. I haven't read through the whole thing since I found it last night, but... <laughs> Ages 10 to adult. One player can play by himself or against another opponent. Four people can play in a tag team match, and up to six people can play in a six-man tag team event. The game features a large assortment of wrestlers from nations all over the world, each of who have their own specialized moves, abilities, and personal characteristics. Beginning the game. To begin the game, first decide how many people are going to be playing. The next step is to ensure the game being played is going to be successful, is to read the rules carefully. <laughs> so here, I'm going to skip through all this. After the wrestlers have been chosen and the cards, rules carefully. Look, there's cards? Yeah, on the back. I don't know. how. I can't remember how we came up with cards. We came up with wrestler cards with all the stats and then the manager cards so the managers give you bonuses i think to and this to is with D and D dice 2d10 they're not D and D dice they're just they're just yeah they're D10, just d20s so here's the wrestler cards i found the wrestler cards yeah we've got don't forget the move tables there's a whole bunch you roll like percentile die for the moves like you roll a one out of a hundred for the no moves one cares and stuff. about that I'm going to read the Well, that's the, that's the fun part about it. No, no. It's all chance. Like, you roll your moves and you resist the moves and stuff. Wrestler's name, Das Kublikan. <laughs> <laughs> he must have been a, How many he must have been a Mongol. <laughs> How involved were you in the... I was pretty involved. Probably. We all... We all it was a team effort. Wrestler's name, the Concrete Wall. The Concrete <laughs> Wall, yeah. He's probably pretty big, right? What's his size? Oh, 
I remember that one. 483 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> Steve Swift. Yeah. He's probably pretty small, right? 218 pounds. Yeah, he's pretty, yeah. Yankee Doodle. 250 pounds. The Congo Kid. Barry McDowell. That's not pretty normal. Yeah, he's an Irish guy from Dublin. Polish powerhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Master of the Nile. So anyways, he, uh, you, get the, you get the point, Eskimo Joe, yeah. Siramaya Sabretooth, the Tasmanian Devil. Origin. Tasmania. Some of the origins are not known. Some guys have... Look at all known. these wrestlers. I could never go through all of these. There's... There's got to be 50 wrestlers here. There's you a bunch of managers at the, the end. Managers. Yeah, yeah, read the manager cards because they've got all the wrestlers under them and then they got special abilities. Like, <clears throat> they help, they, they assist the wrestlers in certain ways, right? Manager's name, Ron Rivers. Wrestlers, The Concrete Wall, Martin Force, Steve Swift, Barry McDowell, and Cyclone Mac Minolta. Abilities, 1D10 stamina, plus one foreign objects. So he gives, I think he, if I remember correctly. He gave his height and his weight, too. What happened here? You um, got a little excited? It's a, it's a radio show. You can't be that visual. Let's move on here. Interesting. Anyways, yeah, it's pretty fun. I'd love to play. Yeah? We Instead should play one day, play. yeah. I want to be the Polish powerhouse. Oh, man. Darren and Graham are going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. There's a couple from Egypt in here, too. I've seen that. Yeah. There's got to be 50 wrestlers in there. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. I was going to show you the other stuff I found in the treasure. Oh. But I'll, I do have I just a, didn't want you getting carried away in the wrestling game. I do have a, a UFO quote here for you, too. And we'll go though. through the rest of the treasure. Yeah. We need a treasure finding jingle. No, no, no. So <laughs> the facts about saucers were long tracked down, and results have long been known in top-secret defense circles of more countries than one. And that was Dr. Harry Messel, professor of physics at Sydney University in Australia. Um in the 1965 statement. Bingo, bango. Yeah, that's it. Short one for you. Perfect. How many left? <clears throat> I don't know. I got a few. You promised that we were almost out. So look what I found. It's my course, my college course on UFOs from the early 90s. Your college course? Yeah. How much did you pay? I paid to learn. I don't remember how much? how much I paid. I don't know. But look at it. It's pretty cool, eh? I think you do. <laughs> what? I went to a physical like a real college. Like I went to a college. The guy. What else did you take? Do you remember I talked about this synchronicity yeah. once? What else did you take? Will you say which college? Business, probably or something. Business and UFO <laughs> research. Awesome. <laughs> what was the name of the course? <clears throat> UFOs: An Authentic Mystery Student Research Guide by John Dowler. Is this the guy we tried to reach out to? Uh, well, no. What do you mean? Did you try to read out, reach out to your old UFO something? Well, well no, no, that I'm was Terry trying Tabando. to find. Yeah, we we talked to him on a podcast a long time ago. <clears throat> but we found when we were looking through here, we found. Uh, oh yeah, I found my 
my application for membership to the MUFON UFO Network uh, field investigator trainee. What's the date? August 12th, 94. Ooh, that wasn't that long ago. Oh, July 31st, 94 is when I signed it. Nice. That's almost, what, 20 four, years 24 ago. years ago. Almost 24, 24 years. It's almost ago. antique. You should frame that thing. <clears throat> I found some old documents like research on Groom Lake back from back then, Area 51, Operation Majority. Where did you get that confidential Lake. paperwork? It's uh, part of the training. And <laughs> I got my CSETI package from the early 94. Early, uh, some of this stuff goes back to 92. Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, July 92. Jesus. CSETI Workshop, 95. I was only in my teenage years. Newsletter. I'm going to bring this. I'm going to bring school. this to my the CSETI camping this weekend, which I thought was You're last weekend, but it wasn't. Yeah. CSETI camping. Yeah. Are you going to report back? Conspiracy, 1987. Yeah. I'll What's the back. conspiracy? I just thought this was fun because it's kind of, you know. What's that? Oh, it's another uh, C-City thing here. Going back. So and you've then been I got grease this. in that guy's pockets I for got 25 this. years. No, no, no. Well, it wasn't, it's not like a yearly cost. I probably paid 20 bucks to become a member or something back then. How much money have you sunk into the C-City? What kind of certificate? Oh, it's up on the wall back here. Yeah. C-City, good standing. It's, a it's, good standing. it's basically a business card. <laughs> good standing member. <laughs> so this crop circle pattern catalog, volume three from 95. That's pretty cool. Look. Does it say what they mean? No, it doesn't really. That's just oh, what they does. found. <clears throat> Those are all discovered crop circles. Yeah. It's got the location and where they are. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. There's some busy circle makers. Call, that's from Colin Andrews. I remember seeing a. That's the guy that woke up uh, Grant, or not woke up, but Grant Cameron had that experience with Colin Andrews in the UFO Congress. The Tepe guy. No, Crop Circle guy. Hey, he wrote the Gobekli Tepe book. Too, no, I don't he? think so. I think he did. Yeah. So, anyways, I thought it'd be fun to just to chat about that on the show. It's kind of like I wouldn't really normally, you know, do that, but because it's kind of been so long and kind of interesting to. That's neat stuff. And some stuff like that. Get out a pen and paper and write this down. Or a pencil. Why don't you send some physical mail to the Grimerica Show? At P.O. Box 16033. Next line. Uh-huh. 100-815, comma, 17th Avenue, SW. Next line. Uh-huh. Calgary, Alberta. Next line. Uh-huh. Canada, next line, uh-huh. T2T space, 5H7, that's the P.O. box. Why don't you send we did get some physical mail again, finally, some P.O. box action. It's always good. We do always enjoy getting some little treasures in the P.O. box as well. Um, yeah, so this was from friend of the show, Nick. First, we've seen him in the chats. D-Ron and G-Ham. Enclosed book. I bought two, so one is yours. Not as much in it as I thought, but it deals with a very important topic many people ignore. He was on Coast to Coast. Maybe the topic overall is a potential Grimerica episode. And the book is Dirty Electricity, Electrification, and the Diseases of Civilization. Wow. 
Which is not heavy. super subject to cover when you're sitting in a reverse Faraday cage <laughs> with a bunch of electronics, but that's okay. And he sent some DVDs here. Data DVDs, a set for each of you. Throw the vids on a DVD player. All AVIs or DivX. Al Fry has a completely unique approach, not found elsewhere. You'll love it. Most of this stuff is pre-internet. Some incredible stuff in PDF format here. I think Al Glazer was somehow related to the JFK issue. His modern human comprehension courses equal awesome. Arlinsky material is nuts in a good way. Time machine plans and the instant knowing. Al Fry mentioned to me he was constantly correcting his approach, but the overall concept was solid. I'll see if I can get a hold of him again, <clears throat> and if we can get him on the show. It would be a show of the ages, as people say, assuming there aren't a million technical glitches. We'll keep you posted on that front, Nick. P.S. Darren, you'll, uh, you'll love Al Fry's World War II vid. P.P.S. Watch the skies. P.P.P.S. I'll try and contact an old acquaintance. Acqu acquaintance. <laughs> I'll try and contact an old acquaintance who has the honesty.org site, host for much of Al Fry's work, etc. PPPPS. As Al Fry says, enjoyment is important. So enjoy. All right. Thanks, buddy. Bingo, bingo. What do you got? What's that? What do you got? <clears throat> Michael, do you want to talk about your synchronicity? Oh, or? Michael's got a synchro. Gonna... I'm going to play a jingle. I no synchro? Oh, you got to eat that mic. Oh. Oh, yeah. Can you not hear me yet? Oh, yeah. Here you go. Yeah. We could hear yeah. you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me can now? You hear can me you hear now? me now? <clears throat> I can't hear myself, so I have no idea how loud it is. Okay, it's just, yeah. Just eat it. Yeah. Fire away. I don't know. So we moved into a new place, and come to find out the people who built the house in 81, there was uh, an age gap that my wife and I share today. Which to is quite an unusual age Unu gap. Yeah, they were 14 years, we're 13 and a half. And, uh, Come to find out, she died suddenly. His his wife died suddenly the same weekend that my wife and I met. So, I don't know. Do you think she possessed your wife? No. What the fuck? No. I don't know about that. No. <laughs> Looking for another older man? Hey. Eh? It's weird. He has uh, he has dual initials, KK, and mine's MM. So, I thought that was interesting, too. He just went right into his wife and like looked for an older dude. Yeah, yeah. It was Michael. Yeah, the way they huh. went. I'll give it Maybe. a uh, six, six and a half. Six How old six. was she when she died? But wasn't there another? There was another aspect. She was seventy. To it too, oh, she moved it? in when she was forty-seven, and she moved out or she died when she was seventy-four. Actually, there was another aspect you mentioned too. Something about the oh, the whole you thing. The weekends. Seven, seven point. You mentioned the weekends was something else too. What did you say originally? Oh, yeah, she one. died the same weekend we met. Yeah, but there was something else. Hmm. So they remember. split up the same weekend we got together. Hmm. That's why I think it's a, she's oh, she's there. Yeah. Hmm. 7.5. <laughs> so does it keep going up the more I make a synchronicity? The up? more you compound yeah. it, yeah. Compound that shit. There's something missing you told us when you came in. So it was weird We when we chose to move to this place, I totally just 
you know, looking for a place to live or rental. I haven't done that in a long time. That was so quite I, the process I heard. Yeah. There aren't a whole lot of places. So finally she was getting really frustrated and I have been trying to teach her in how to do manifestation a little bit more. So I was like, okay, look, this is just, this is how it's going to be. Okay. Just like this. And then lo and behold, the place turned out better than we could have even like almost better than I could have intended it. Wow. The number is 32, which I thought was hilarious. Are you 32? The house number is 32. Are you 32? No. Oh. I'm 43. Too bad it wasn't 42. Why was 32 hilarious? So Medicine uh, had some mason time. Oh. Oh. Too bad it wasn't 33. And there probably is no Not 33. <laughs> exactly. There's no addresses of 33 in medicine no. not allowed. Wipe. Gone. So, so do you want to hear my synchro with moving in, too? That kind of compounds Michael's in a way. Moving in where? To a house two doors down from where I am right now. I thought sure. you were, Oh, So sure. we, move, we meet the landlords. I think they like us right away. My you girlfriend think? and I. Yeah. Because there's good good vibes happening. They're like, good they're vibe. showing us a couple different places to choose from. And they're asking where I live. I go, right up there. And that place right up there. He's like, oh, I... I built that place. I rented it. So he used to own that house and sold it and rented the place that we actually live in now. And then we're moving two doors down. And I'm in there you guys are so getting amazed. the keys. I'm getting the keys. And they introduced me to one of their relatives who happens to be a guy that I see almost every morning. And we kind of wave at each other because uh, I got my coffee coming. He's walking to work. Almost every morning we kind of just give the old good morning wave. But we've never really met in person. <laughs> Until he walks up the stairs. I'm like, oh, hey, buddy. Oh, hey. How you doing? Yeah, I see you almost every morning. Oh, we haven't met yet. And I have a new friend. Yeah. It's weird, eh? It is weird. Synchronous, kinda. It's like you guys knew you were going to meet. Yeah. Hmm. Six? <laughs> you don't have to rate it. Okay. It's not even really a synchro. I just thought it's just weird. Just that kinda, is weird. Just weird stuff. You know, weird connections happening. But I mean, honestly, it's been happening all day long, even, you know. Find connections anywhere you want to look. I know, but it's, but it's, yeah, I know, but it's, I know, I know, it's, I know, I try to be, that's why I don't talk about them all the time, because I could just be talking about them all the time. Connections, synchros, little things that happen here and there. Just like, just like the, the, the episode we had tonight with the dreaming guy and the experience in the dreaming and then Brody's D and D thing with the dreaming and all that, everything is always connecting now more and more. We're ripping through the veil. Would it count less if I told you that I've done that dreaming thing often in my campaign? Uh, no. Yeah. I would just ignore that. (laughs) (laughs) Cognitive distance. So you dream and No, I know it's a common thing. It's yeah, I know it's a common thing. So, uh, what was I doing? You oh, yeah. Think, like ripping through the veils, like when Ace Ventura rips out the rhino's butt in, in the movie there. I don't remember that. <laughs> when it gets all hot in there? No, I don't remember that. Come on. How can you not remember that? Hmm. If it was fucking Monty Python, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Different generation. Luckily, I'm from the younger generation. I guess. So I have quite a long email here, um, but so I, and I, I want to read it cause it's a, it's a really well written and every once in a while you get these emails that are just, they're just pretty amazing and it's kind of in the feedback category. So 
we'll probably do it before we talk about support and stuff like that. And, and now another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. I can get make it through this okay. It's pretty long, but it's good. You got this. So found y'all last August by way of Neil Kramer interview from last July. A show which opened with a mesmerizing sort of auditory collage laid on this wild foundation of audio symmetric blah blah blah. So this the title to this is Auditory Sigils. And built Death higher, masturbate on them. and built higher by way of several show samples that are so artistically woven it ceases to be a simple podcast introduction, and instead feels, for me at least, transcendental and mighty pleasurable. And with that wowzer of an opener, the first fifty seconds of my relationship with Grimerica are forever and indelibly imprinted upon me. Speaking of your jingles, I think have been imbued with magic. You know how sometimes an expression is speaking both metaphorically and literally at the very same time? Yes, that. When it comes to media, I tend to binge. Mostly, I appreciate silence and go about my mostly enjoyable tasks quietly in my general way. And then other times I become deeply engrossed in consuming, and in those times I tend to binge. I'm a potterer by nature. I don't sit still easily, so I've never been long lost in visual media. And over the last 10 years, my interest in the works of Hollywood, television, news, movies alike, has dwindled to nearly zero. Podcasts are a potter's dream, y'all. I'd have to agree with me over the last 10 years, too. Potterer? What's up? <laughs> I'm almost to the point where I'm going to boycott Hollywood. <laughs> I haven't been taking in a lot of it lately. Not by any real conscious, you know. <clears throat> But having said that, can I do a little sidetrack here with a little, another little synchronicity? No. Come on, please. Okay. So we had the, last week we had Bill in the studio with us, and the first thing he says to me is like, it's one of the first days I had my new fanny pack on, and he had his big fanny pack, and we were joking around, and we were going to talk about it in the intro last time, because you have your fanny pack, so I finally wore mine out for the All first right. time. Did I you wore it out for go? the first time. It was good. Went to the movies. Saw, uh, what's that one with the guy in the red suit? Did you wear a fanny style? Uh, yeah, that night, that day I was wearing a fanny style. I change it up sometimes over the shoulder. You go go from fanny to satchel? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't worn mine out of the house yet. What? (laughs) After all that talk about how you wear it, you've just been walking around the house? Yeah. So the first day I wear it in the public. Sometimes I wear it out to the truck. Oh, that's bad. You're making it seem like you're just out in public all Joe public in your fanny pack. So he's in the truck. So anyways, in the truck I'm in the movie, uh, what's it called? Uh, Deadpool 2? Yeah. And of course, the, the guy that starts out as a villain, they make fun of his fanny pack constantly. <laughs> he goes, he talks about 1990 never and his fanny pack, and I'm just howling because of course it's the first day I had it. And then I think it was the day after, a couple days after I picked up Bill with his fanny pack and we came in here and forgot to talk about it Back that happens a lot all over the place yeah. it does look good and i've just modeled it so which way i prefer and i don't know what made me think of that is just the rare movie that i'll go to now but uh yeah getting sick of the hollywood bullshit so here we go i'll continue on so for a few minutes last summer i found out and hung with y'all while i hung out with neil and then though i was utterly charmed by the entire event i put you down again because it was quiet time mostly Last November, I finally moved into my current home, which is 
formerly industrial space and I'm single-handedly with so much excitement and love transforming daily. This after cycling through four houses in the space of five years. Thankfully, I see clearly and I'm finally home again. The shuffling of spaces was precipitated by the great upheaval which came came in by way of loss of my sweet husband, a kind man who left this world at far too young an age. With the mighty realization of stabilization coming in, as I walked into my 2018, I watched as a beautiful Georgia winter turned into a lovely Georgia spring, and I decided it was time to replant my massive container-based succulent garden. These dear plants, which I've hauled around with me for years, some of them now celebrating more than a decade in my pots. The roots have needed a good stretch for a while now, and I began this project in earnest in early June, and I'm not yet finished. Will I ever finish? And each day in my garden continues to be a joy. And speaking of will I ever finish, eh? As I walked into the spring's recreation, I picked you all back up, and there you were, still at it. And so began my latest binge. I started again somewhere around the NK, that would be Neil Kramer, episode, which was, by the way, a fantastic episode. I'm, that's me talking now. I'll put a link to that in the show notes if I remember here. Is that the one with the synchronicity walks? No, that was a different one. That was around the same time period, though. And listened for a few days, choosing mostly by my interest in the topic. What I remember most about the early part of this binge is those damn catchy jingles. <laughs> Fairly quickly, I found out that I almost always had at least one, but usually two of them running around in the back parts of my mind. Suasion, baby. And when they weren't dancing around in the back, they were running up front and waving their arms so wildly that it could momentarily obscure all thought. Around the time that the Grimerica Jingles had began a full-on mission towards mind implantation, I decided I was smitten enough with your creation that it deserved the reverence of starting from the beginning. And thankfully, your VFV... Value for value. Models support such madness, and so I did. I gave up those ridiculously catching jingles for a while, and in trade I got to know RPJ, who has been a total delight. The man has the most wonderful, sweetest giggle ever. And I went on to binge listen, often two or three episodes a day. 2013, 2014, in pretty much that exact order. It's been fascinating to follow the Grimerica story and watch this unfoldment, and most particularly, to watch you grapple with funding issues. To try a little of this and a little of that before ultimately, boldly, I think, settling upon the model that is the only one that makes sense for you. And as I auto-speed traveled through your podcasting journey, you all rapidly became real people on the other end of those voices. And as happens, I found that you mattered to me. And it's in that moment that your value-for-value value model succeeds, right? Nope. Because even in love, people tend to be lazy. <laughs> so close. <laughs> like my, my glasses are all foggy. So instead of offering to you an appropriate demonstration of my value for your place in my life, I continue to value you quietly, covertly. Because, well, because this form makes it so easy to be lazy and offers ample opportunity to consume without conscience. The only thing I'll say in my favor during this phase is that I noticed that I noticed. And then I began to bargain. And when you all would mention all the different ways to support the show, I'd tell myself the very next time my computer was booted up, the first thing I was going to do was to send my support. Because now I cared about you. 
and knowing that I cared about you was apparently enough to keep me steady, lazy, for another couple weeks while I continued to enjoy my way through the early Grimerica years, quietly and continually working my way backward or working my way towards our shared present. And then, and then here, here come the jingles again. They come back into my life one by one this time. And damned if they aren't as fucking catchy as they were the first time around. Cut to about a week ago. By midweek, the jingles were back at work on me full time. And I think it was last Thursday when I had the bingo bango social media jangle competing with rambling gram for all the space in my head. As I was trying to find sleep that night, the jingles began pushing at everything until I couldn't think of anything but jingle. It seemed each moment as I slid closer to sleep, the jingle would take on a greater weight, almost to grow in volume. Quite honestly, as much as I was freaking love, love me some Grimerica jingle action, those were not pleasant moments. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how effing catchy a tune might be, it's not 100% fun when it goes earworm on you. I'm not certain this is the case, because I can't actually remember, but I think I actually dreamt Grimerica jingles for reals. And y'all, when I woke up Friday morning, the Grimerica jingles were so loud, it was all-consuming and to an absolute disturbing degree. There I sat on the side of my bed, head in hands, and these jingles ran and ran. And somewhere between the madness of the catchiness, I flashed on a recent heard episode on chaos magic, and I immediately had an immediate thought. Auditory sigil. <laughs> With the realization... The jingles began an immediate softening and then went completely quiet. And when I booted up the computer and for the very first time went to your website and laid in my initial donation, which was followed by a monthly commitment to show up for you. I believe someone has imbued your jingles with some powerful juju, my friends. I thank you. I value you. I love you. Christina sent by magic. Juju. <laughs> Nice story, eh? You know what we need is we need an earworm support jingle. Earworm? <laughs> <laughs> we need an and, earworm support jingle yeah. so that you're lying in bed and say, support the yeah. show, yeah. support yeah. the show. Yeah. Support no, but that's, a, that's a, a great email. I mean, really appreciate it. Really Absolutely. appreciate the support and, and, the, and the story and coming along with us on that journey. I mean, we didn't expect, honestly, I was thinking after I read that, of course, I had all these thoughts. I was thinking about how we didn't, we didn't you know, start it thinking that this was going to be the case. We weren't even going to ask for support, but then the expenses started racking up and we Remember started, this bomb. really started growing. Yeah, she's probably talking about the money bomb and all these ways we were trying to think about how to do it. And then, you know, the value for value, right? That's the only, we don't want to go to ads or any sponsorship still. We just yeah. ask for your support because there is a whole bunch of expenses and we put a whole bunch of into this and, and it's helping. Thousands of Can't hours. do it without, we can't do it without it. Sure. Now, I mean, that's what, that's what it's come to. I mean, we didn't plan on it to start, but... Thousands of hours and thousands of dollars. Probably tens of thousands. Yeah. But you guys help us along the way. Head over to grammarica.ca slash support today and sign up to become one of those members. Make it all right at a buck an episode. <clears throat> at a buck an episode, you know where you stand. This will be number 296. Plus some black budget stuff as well, yeah. Yeah, that's not counting the black budget stuff. So we're coming up on 300 quick. Just a little 300 for 300 push or good time to pony up. We'll start the second chapter i guess it's not i guess it's the fourth chapter what are you talking about after the 300 yeah yeah fourth the fourth chapter chapter four 
Season four? No, it's yeah. too late. We're still yeah. on season one, episode 295. That's what I did last week, I remember, because yeah. I have to put in the uh, season number now. Oh, do you? Stupid. Anyway, support the show if you can. All those, yeah. there's like weekly, monthly, one time, yearly. There's all the Patreon stuff. Yeah. So if you can, guys, it really does help. And if you can't, just, just send an email and I'll send you the links if you, you know, yeah. tell me a story or... There's a bunch of extra shows yeah. here. So yeah. a sighting or an experience or something. That's where you want. Helps out. Really helps out. We need your help. Uh, I'm going to play this one quick. Where is it? The jingle that she liked. Because I got a backlog. Bingo, bingo. Social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe to the Grime America. There we go. So, because if that's an earworm, which one is it? That one. We're going to get the earworms out there, you know? So, here we go. When was the last time I did this? Let's go. That's only six days ago. No, I use YouTube for this. People are starting to go to YouTube, especially for um, this reason. So, here we go. Love the show. As always, don't ever really come to the YouTube page. So, why do you why do you guys say to check out the YouTube page for the video format so that we could see the pictures this gentleman was talking about when there is no video feed? Is there another link or something? Did you not put the link in the Jim Lee episode? Oh yeah, yeah, for of the course, actual yeah. YouTube. Yeah, we video? talked about this already. Did we? Well, what was the result? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Hmm. Um, Anyways, but that we that's important. That's an important episode for with a lot of important information on the yeah, video. Yeah, there's another feed, one so. here. So we do have mad made climate change, but it's the government doing it. Go figure. Hmm. Not to sound corny, but Maine Coons really are special. They carry themselves with a kind of grace, certainty, and pride that is downright contagious. Very sweet. Hundred percent. They truly love their humans, and make no mistake, we belong to them, not the other way around. Um, we got, what else we got here? And, uh, so deep when he, oh my god. So deep when he said people go to his workshop to learn about out of body, then realize they got all kinds of stuff they need to deal with before stepping out in that way. Of course he said that way better. That was on who was two thirty nine flow states. Todd Akamesis. Oh yeah, that, that's the synchro walk one. That was the synchro. Is walk that one? a synchro? That, uh, that is a little bit of a synchro, <laughs> isn't it? So what episode is that? Uh, two thirty nine. There you go. So Jim Lee, I just checked the link in the Jim Lee show notes. It works. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I I checked it in my show notes. I don't. I didn't check it in the. One that you post. So unless you change I something, I copy in there. paste okay, yours, right, you right. motherfucker. All right, okay, okay. Which one? Which which video does it go to? The actual video? Yeah. Or the? Yeah, it would have to. This was great, but I think it could have gone longer. Did Susan have a connection with the people she met in the ruined house? Did it open up more memories of her past life? 
Did it make sense that she had this compulsion to go to Spain? Did they get to know each other and were their karmic ties more understood? I think this was a fascinating one and an enjoyable episode. Wow, Thank that's you, good. Boys. Yeah. Yeah. We had to, we, I think we did have to rush that one. It's weird how that would come about. And I don't remember if it was us or her. It was probably us. I think we had another one right after, which was rare. Number 293 uh, was Chase. I know you guys occasionally read feedback on here, so I just wanted to know this was one of my all-time favorite episodes. It was packed with so much information that it's a little overwhelming, but that's a good thing. I have it marked as a favorite so I can go back and listen again. Uh, I think that's about all I got. Oh, Hey, I'm a female who likes a show. 13% represent. <laughs> Love your show. I recently found out that my great-grandma was Canadian somewhere in Ontario. Windsor, I think. Now there is a reason I love Canada. I love Corner Gas. Hey, guys. Check the title. I think you want theory. Thanks for everything. You guys rock. Oh, that was on tonight's episode. Oh, we spelled theory theroy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh well there you have it alright thanks thanks that's for the feedback it, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah that's product, good yeah. Guys. right on enjoy the chat with magenta Today we've got Magenta Pixie with us, another listener recommendation. She's uh, She's been writing, uh, she's written a few books. She's been channeling the white-winged collective consciousness of nine, talking about, um, you know, the new earth and the solstice here and, and our shift, you know, the shift that we need, we need to happen. And uh, we're going to chat about all her work and her videos. She's got a website, magentapixie.com. So it's really good to have you here. Thanks again for your patience with us setting this all up. Really appreciate it. Oh, no, that's fine. That's cool. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we were just chatting a little bit earlier about what we want to talk about. And I don't know where you want to start. I mean, I think people, listeners, like, you know, we, we've sort of straddled the, this area a little bit in the show. We talk about so many different topics and some of it touches on the new age and some of it broaches uh, the truth or sort of type stuff. And I really want to get into that, like, the you know sort of the different groups that need to come together at this time. But I think we should start off with a little bit about your, your, uh, your channeling and your background and stuff, and, and maybe just give listeners a little bit of that. Okay, great. Um, well, I kind of fell into this really. Um, 
I grew up with a father who was a hypnotherapist, a hypnotist. He was actually an opera singer, but he did backstage um, stage hip- hypnotist. And then he went into doing hypnotherapy. So as I was a child, when I was little, he would take me into hypnosis. So I was around that a lot as a child. But my parents split up. So I went for a, a long time without seeing him. Um, so it wasn't something that was continuous. I always felt whenever I saw my father, we'd get into these conversations and everything would change. And I would feel so different and feel um, energized, almost as though I'd entered another reality. And this started very, very, very young. My parents split up when I was seven. So when I would see my father as young as like, you know, seven, eight years old, I would have this feeling, but did not understand what it meant. So it was around me as a child. Um, Fast forward uh, to my early 30s, um, after much synchronicity and um, all sorts of strange things happening in my life that would take hours to go into, and some very unpleasant and challenging experiences as well, um, I, I made the conscious decision to do what is called channeling. I had read about spirit guides and how you could contact them. I found this little book called Channeling, which uh, showed exercises, which were meditations. So I followed these meditations and eventually made this connection with this being, this light being, this spirit guide. At first, I could only communicate with him in meditation. And then after a very short while, uh, without... um, realizing that that would happen I thought I'd have to remain in meditation to be able to communicate one day I was with my brother he asked me a question and um I thought I'd have to go into meditation to answer him and then this this guide the spirit guide who told me he was a fifth dimensional entity uh was with me I could I could feel him and hear him uh, without having to go into meditation so that's when the channeling started that was 1993 I established a very close link with this being quite quickly with my brother as a facilitator. And it wasn't long before he was telling us that we had a role to play and there was a reason why we had incarnated here. And he spoke about shifts and changes on this planet Mm -hmm. because I was doing a lot of drama at the time. I'd been doing um, drama and theatre. My parents were both you know, in the theatre, so I'd kind of grown up with it. Mm-hmm. So he used theatre language and he'd say to me, this is a dress rehearsal for what is going to happen. This is a dress rehearsal. What, so it, I realised... Like, for you it's a dress rehearsal or for all of us on Earth right now? At that time, he was meaning it for me and my okay. brother oh, because okay. he was yeah. communicating to us about what was happening to us. I've since found out that 1993 was actually a dress rehearsal for a great many people, but I had no idea oh. at the time. Um, but if, if you listen to a lot of people, they often mention, oh, this all started in 1993. And I think, <laughs> wow, that's the same year. So there, there was something going on in that year. That was dress rehearsal year. But the White Spirit, this, this entity, was using theatre language in order to communicate with me. So I knew how important a dress rehearsal was. So I took it very, very seriously. And we were going through daily synchronicity. And um, it was like a mini Ascension experience. But after about six months of this amazing time in our lives, things started to kind of go back to normal, what I would now call 3D. And it wasn't long before I 
forgot about that those those messages i i stopped believing that something was going to happen and that that this planet was going to change um i never stopped communicating with white spirit i would sometimes go long periods without speaking to him when i was going through particularly challenging 3d times and then i would turn to him and then the channeling would start again i did readings for friends i kept what i did very 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 quiet mm -hmm. And then um, that time I was waiting for them. They said, uh, White Spirit said he would let me know when it was showtime. So I was expecting this to be, you know, a few months. <laughs> and as I said, it was 1993. Around the year 2000, I was told that there would be an upgrade with my guidance system. White Spirit was leaving and another guide was stepping in. I was really upset about this, but they explained to me that this was normal and it was to do with my own expansion. Wow. And um, it was the same being, but an upgraded being, therefore a completely different being. So White Spirit left and this white-winged, a uh, very large white-winged entity stepped in um, that was incredibly powerful but very loving, and I was aware that white spirit was kind of still there, but this was something very different. This took a period of a few days, so I'm walking, I'm shutting the door, I'm not speaking to anyone, I'm completely ungrounded with this situation. You know, if a friend called me, I'm like, I can't speak to you right now. You know, you, you have no idea what's going on with me, and that kind of thing, you know? It, I was kind of there. Um, and But finally, this transition took place. And then I'm with this, this white-winged being. It was incredibly overwhelming. I'm so, so thankful for the training I had back then because I did fall apart many times and not deal with it. And, of course, it was, you know, rehearsal. Now we're in the showtime. I'm not fall falling apart and I'm dealing with it because it's even more intense now. Uh, this will be the case with anyone who's gone through this awakening period. These individuals that um, we call starseeds, they will have all been through something quite similar. So um, after a period of time, I was actually with a friend who was deeply spiritually aware, uh, very esoteric and not new age at all. In fact, he detested the new age, to be quite honest with you. He was much more scientific, but very spiritual and esoteric in different ways and a great teacher for me. And uh, he just said, can you ask your guides something for me? Guides in the plural. I said, what do you mean, guides? I've only got one. And he just looked at me and said, oh, no, no, they're always a collective. I said, are they? Uh, and that stuck in my mind. And then after that conversation, a few days later, this morphing took place. It was like this sort of shadow going on behind this one uh, white-winged being and then there were loads of them and I counted and there were nine predominant ones there were other etheric visions shadows behind them but there were nine that were more solid and uh, I just said you know what's your name and they told me how they couldn't pronounce you know I wouldn't be able to pronounce their name they, they tried to tell me what it was and it's just completely unpronounceable um like a sort of a very high-pitched squeak so you know scream <laughs> so there's no way I could pronounce it so I said well look you've got white wings there's nine of you you're a collective consciousness how about I call you the white winged collective consciousness of nine and they're like yeah that's that's fine <laughs> um I had no idea at that time when I was speaking to them that I would be out there with them and that I would be 
you know, well known. I might have chosen a better name for myself and for them, really. It was not planned in any way, apart from in 1993, I did have a vision of me sitting wearing headphones, talking to people all over the world, wow. predominantly in America. And I was really confused because I thought, well, I didn't, I didn't even own a pair of headphones. I had some old pair lying around that I used to listen to my record player when I was a kid. That was it. No computer or anything. And I thought, is this me being some kind of, is this some kind of ego in me thinking I'm going to be speaking to people all over the world? But it was a very, very clear vision and predominantly in America. So I was speaking to lots and lots of people. I mean, I knew that this was like in the thousands, in the millions. Um, I was a bit sort of scared by that vision, to be honest. And part of me took it seriously and part of me didn't. And of course, that's occurred. I also saw a book as well, but I had no idea what that meant at the time. This again will have happened to the starseeds, to anyone taking a spiritual path. These, these things will happen. The way I'm speaking, you know, this isn't a path that's just happened to me. This is a collective path. So, um, yeah, I called them the White Winged Collective Consciousness of Nine. Fast forward to 2008, and they're talking to me quite intensely over a period of um, several weeks. I'd started learning about um, 2012, and people were saying it was the end of the world. And I was doing some research, and with me, I, I don't make any commitment about anything until I've actually got to a point where I think, right, all this is adding up. It's obviously correct and then I have this knowing that this this uh, this conundrum I'm looking at is correct so I made this assumption this opinion that the that 2012 the end of the world was correct there was no other conclusion I could make given the research I was doing and the information that was coming from the nine hmm. and I remember really believing that um you know the end of the world was coming and I remember sitting on my bed in a state of absolute horror and shock and depression, looking around at the world. And I remember looking at my little granddaughter and thinking, why? Why this beauty and this creation? Why would they just wipe it all out? And they let me go through this for about four days. My partner said to me, I'm really worried about you. You know, you're, you're completely going insane. And I'm like, I know I am. <laughs> uh, and then um, when I'm really troubled, the nine, are, which are all male, Will step back and then one female entity will step forward i call her the white goddess because she's purely white i mean literally snow white like snow and she sat down next to me and she said it's not going to be like that let us show you how it will be but they they allowed me to to suffer if you like simply because i now know that there were many people and still are believing in this end of the world scenario and I needed to feel what it was like to be that shocked and frightened at the end of the world scenario. I needed to go through that. And so they allowed me to go through this for a period of about three or four days. I'd made the conclusion it was correct. I was right. The information was correct, but it was not to be interpreted as end of the world, as in destruction. And then they took me through a series of visions and lots of communication for a long time showing me what was actually happening. And then one day around the same time, they just said very matter-of-factly in a conversation, do you remember when we told you it was a dress rehearsal? I said, yes, because I didn't expect to hear this again. And they said, well, now it's the showtime. I'm like, what? what? What do you mean right now, like today? And they're saying, yes, not today, this time period. I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? And they said, well, we need you to tell everyone. I said, tell everyone what? 
I said, do you mean you want me to tell everyone that I talk to you? And they said, yes. I said, really? Because I've never told anyone except my really close friends. There were even family members that didn't know. Best friends I'd known for years that didn't know. It was a massive secret to me. And they, I said, who do you want me to tell? And they like said, everybody. <laughs> and, you know, I was really overwhelmed. And they pointed to the internet. So that's kind of the story. I then found uh, YouTube. Um, well, I knew about YouTube, but I found um, a, a guy on YouTube, Ricer, who was doing these very weavy sort of um, beautiful kaleidoscope of, of weavy colours and allowing his um, train of consciousness to just speak from him. And his material was amazing. And I said to my partner, if I did something like that, and this is interesting because I'd been with my partner around 10 years or a little bit less, and I had not channeled in front of him. He knew what I did, but I didn't channel in front of him because it just hadn't happened. We hadn't connected that way. So I said to him, if I bring some of my channeling forward, will you make a video? So it was a massively new thing for him as well and a little bit concerning. So I was thinking, well, what if I start channeling and he you know, doesn't like me anymore and he thinks I'm nuts? <laughs> and of course, he made the videos and I started bringing forward the messages. And that was in 2008. It's now 10 years later. Wow. So I've been on. Yeah. And on then YouTube when, for 10 years. And then how did your books fit into to that whole thing? <clears throat> so 2016, uh, I sit, sit down uh, after receiving some information. The nine were communicating to me about Masters of the Matrix, uh, talking about the Masters of the Matrix and explaining to me who the Masters were and what the Matrix was. In response to a series of questions my partner was asking me about soul contracts, he basically said, is there such a thing as a soul contract? If so, what is it? Why would what we even make one? Can we break them? I mean, you know, can they can they be changed? Are, are we chained to these soul contracts? Uh, you know, or is it some kind of freedom? He's bombarding me with all these questions because he didn't understand. He'd read this phrase somewhere. And I said, hold on, I, I don't know the answers to your questions. Let me bring the nine in. So the nine came in to speak to my partner to answer his questions, mm. brought through all this information. And then three days later, I said to my partner, I'm going to ask the nine to bring that information forward again and do a video for YouTube. And I'm going to call the video Masters of the Matrix. So I started to transcribe their information, as I always do, believing it was another video. And then this particular transcription, which I can always see beforehand, actually, is an energy um, sort of structure, which I now know is a, is a monad. Um, I would sort of decode that monad as I'm communicating with them. And this one was much more intense and more intricate. And it just went on and on and on and was opening up to so many more concepts. And then I realized, well, there's no way I'm going to wrap this up in a 10 minute, 20 minute video. I realized then that it was a book. Huh. And so that was the first book uh, in 2016. And that's this one here, Masters of the Matrix. And then in 2017, I deliberately decided I wanted to write a book but I I was just going for a conversation with the nine to see where things would go had no idea that the material in this book would follow on from the last one so it's like the nine have planned or I in a from a higher dimensional point of view or from the pre-incarnate point of view or however you want to look at it planned this but the physical me didn't realize this that's how it works with everybody by the way this is how it works so 2016 Divine Architecture and the Starseed Template. And then the same thing kind of happened again uh, in February this year. I released a video called Dark Deeds, Pole Shift, The Law of One, and I can't remember <laughs> the other part of it, but it was basically a question. I asked the nine, 
why are the truthers being kicked off social media? Because at, at that time in February, some of the really big truthers were losing their platforms on Twitter and YouTube and everywhere. So I was asking the nine, why are they being kicked off? Are we as Starseeds going to lose our platforms? Are we not going to be able to speak and deliver this information? That channeling came forward, which is a video up on YouTube. And then in uh, about two months ago, I think, just over, I asked the nine, I wanted to do an analysis of that particular channeling as I felt it was really important to talk about why the truthers were losing their platforms and what it meant. And so I wanted to do an analysis and I thought I'd turn that into a very small ebook because I realized the analysis would be bigger than just a video. I've done analysis before of the transmissions, but usually just me speaking to the camera. So, and it'll take between seven and 15 videos of about an hour long each one to analyze the 15 minute channeling. So I knew that this would be a small ebook. And then this one went on and on and on and branched into completely different areas, into Stargate Ascension. Um, and the although the truth that information was touched on, I never did finish the analysis of that particular transmission. Uh, the Nine had other ideas. And, and this is um, The Infinite Helix and the Emerald Flame, Sacred Mysteries of Stargate Ascension. And this was released for sale yesterday oh wow! So oh. yeah so i'm very very pleased about these books and it's been a wonderful journey this last one was crazy and this is what i mean by the training because i wrote that book in five weeks these first two i transcribed in three to four months and they're smaller this is like twice the size as you can see yeah and it took me five weeks because the intensity of the energy at the moment, as any starseed will tell you, <laughs> and it was daily and nightly. I mean, to, can you imagine, what, normally I get a break, you know, I'll, I'll sort of be doing normal 3D things and I'll be getting information for a new video every few days or, you know, once a week or, or however. Um, and this was every day, all day and all night for five whole weeks. So it was incredibly intense. I would all night long, they would be talking to me and I'd wake up with not just one concept, not just one monad, but several. And I'd see them all. I'm like, how on earth am I going to decode all this? And I would just grab my laptop and start decoding them all into these different areas. And it, it really did blow my mind. And I said to them, I'm so glad you guys trained me back in 1993. And, and you know, because I wouldn't be able to do this right now. I would fall apart because it was way more intense but I was okay because I know what to do now and like I said this is the journey the starseeds are on they're all they're all going through this they're all going through this thousands of us millions yeah so is, it, is the is the uh starseed is that would be like the first generation of like what we would now call like the indigo kids and stuff like that is there any connection there yeah all the indigo children are starseeds all the crystal children are starseeds, but what's really interesting, all the truthers are starseeds, you know, and they're not oh, following boy. a new age path, particularly. They're not, <laughs> they're not sitting talking about rainbows and, and, you know, emerald flames and diamond codes. A lot of them don't even like that. Like this guy I knew who was a great friend of mine who he hated the new age. He, he just couldn't bear it. He didn't like the way that spirituality, spirituality was presented even though he spoke to channels like me because he knew we had information but he was if you asked him what are you he would say i'm a investigator i'm a researcher i'm a scientist i'm an astrologer and i'm a kabbalist but he would not ever ever subscribe to new age there's a lot of star seeds 
that, you know, the new age repels them. And to be honest with you, I don't really ever, I've never put myself in a new age box and thought I am new age. I realize that I am by virtue of the fact that I'm channeling and I am talking about yeah, rainbow yeah. light codes yeah. and DNA activation, but it's just, um, it's just an umbrella term and it can be very off-putting, but it has its positives as well. The new age are somewhat shielded from the direct um, attacking, if you like, or targeting that's coming in from service to self structures, you know, whatever you want to call them, cabal, Illuminati, deep state, whatever, because they're seen as, you know, it's nonsense. It's pseudo science that they're not really you know, it's the truthers that are taking the hit, which is why I've been calling for unity between truthers and light workers, because truthers cannot do this on their own. They need us and we can't do it on our, our own. We can't bring the deep state down with the, only this. It's got to be done on the third dimensional level, but you can't just do it on 3D either. We've got to go in on all the dimensional levels. So we're all needed together as a team because they have that. They yeah, have multi-level. Yeah. Seems so like they've got, got us pitted okay. against each yeah, other. Right yeah, now. yeah, exactly. And I, I watched that video of yours where you were you were with uh, that other guy on his radio show, and you were talking about Jeff. the truth. Yeah, Jeff, and you're talking about the truthers and the, you know, the new agers. And I and part of me kind of cringes at, at tr having to categorize us like that because yeah. that's what they want. But you have to yeah. generalize to a certain extent. I mean, but there is a bunch of different groups that are all all uh, connected like even if you look into the health and fitness uh or the biohacking community where they're they're realizing that so yeah. much of this yeah, stuff has been unhealthy it. as well and then there's a yeah. the new age community and and the the truthers like we we i feel like we straddle i feel like we're the type of show that straddles a lot of that already like we do touch on a lot of different topics and i'm a little bit more new agey than darren and like i'm fine with people teasing me like that but then we also I'm fine uh, with teasing. We them. also approach uh, all these truther type things as well. I mean, but I don't really know what 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 necessarily you mean by truther, but I mean we do touch on all the, you know, the vaccine bullshit and the 9/11 stuff and all the main the main topics, but then there's a whole bunch of little stuff as well. So I do like that that uh initiative of like trying to bring everybody together a little bit there yeah. and, and make sure that <clears throat> we are um I mean, I don't know where where you go out, where how you describe that. Like, how do you how do you get us all to have a coherent message? But I think the start of it is just to start talking about it. I think it's becoming more difficult than I envisaged. I just thought, yay, let's all just unify. You know, truthers, you're going to love us a lot, and we're going to love you a lot. I mean, I'm a truther as well. I mean, all, the star seeds are. They just do it in a different way. Although I'm, I will go down into the 3D stuff. Um, and the political stuff more than the average uh, starseed does. I mean, as many star, many, many, I say not starseed because, like I said, the truth is starseeds. And I agree with you. It's difficult to label everybody. When I say truther, it's a respectful term for people who are known as conspiracy theorists. That's right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and that's very wrong because that yeah. suggests they're they're nutters that just believe any conspiracy going. A truther is someone searching for truth. So obviously that does actually encompass all of us. Yeah. And a starseed, these are individuals that have come here for this journey. They've incarnated here for this reason and they each have different roles. Right. So starseeds are not just new age lightworkers. They are truthers and scientists and musicians. And I mentioned the gaming community, many, many youngsters who are sitting gaming all day long on their games 
are starseeds. Huh. And the, ga- the games, I'm not talking about perhaps violent ones and car crashes, but these fantasy games like um, World of Warcraft, that sort of stuff, <laughs> these yeah. are activating games. I mean, if you're sitting there 24-7, you may have issues with it, but <laughs> they, these are activating games. There's truth in, in there too. So there's he- different communities. That's so yeah. funny. We were just uh, talking about it before we got on. Now the, you're we, encouraging these we, guys in their Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, well, before yeah. well before we got on with her, and I was I was talking to Brody here. I've been trying to wheel about, that back about you know about the parallels between some of the stuff that we we do in Dungeons and Dragons with like real life and, and the and the magic and the massive yeah. and the same with fantasy uh, fiction in books and films. I I'm currently watching. Uh, you probably won't believe this, but I've never really watched the Marvel Cinematic Universe until like two weeks ago. Um, the only one I was interested in was Thor, and I watched that. But we decided we would watch Marvel Cinematic Universe from the beginning. So I've never seen Iron Man or any of those. Okay, so yeah, we started yeah. watching them two weeks ago, and I cannot believe the the, the similarities, the right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The disclosure Still. in these films, yeah. And my my son said to me, you know, Mum, you wait till you get to um, Avengers: Infinity, and I'm yeah. like, no, I can't yeah. wait. So yeah. we're we're sort of halfway through at the moment. All the films, watching them in order. We're on uh, Captain America: um, Civil War. That's the next one. Yeah. But they're they're disclosure films. It's unbelievable. So you're looking at fantasy coming in. Um, on many levels all of this as i said pre-planned and we're sort of living it out if you like yeah. these different roles so so speak about that the timing I, I do want to go back to the process of your of your channeling at at some point but let's continue on with this thing and and speak to the the change in our political climate i mean not necessarily getting too political but but how this is really shifting and and people are like there there's does seem to be a more awareness around the control system and how evil, I don't know if evil is the right term, but I mean, you know, when you talk about truthers, there's the whole pedogate thing as well. And I mean, there's a really, there's a lot of stuff coming to light for people that I, I mean, I didn't expect it to be so intense. intense. No, 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 not, not about right and left, just about, um, just about the, the, the elite and, and how, controlling it is then it goes into the corporations and the political structure and the 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 fake charities and i mean it just goes on and on and on like everything is a a freaking illusion right now yeah because right and left is a um is is a little bit of a false construct and because you know the cabal if you like will have operatives in both of those so it's like well you all think you've got a choice you choose between the left or the right but we're in both i mean yes they're predominantly left but that's you know they still have the right as well so it's like whoever you vote for what i was shown i mean i've never been particularly interested or or really even understood politics uh, or physics or science or maths i've always been more of a arty person than than a sort of left brain thinking person so obviously when the nine started to talk to me about all this stuff uh, but it's so intertwined it's so very um connected you can't really take a spiritual path and truly be whole unless you're looking at everything so i mean i do have people say to me magenta why do you talk about politics i've had people say you're losing your credibility by discussing donald trump yeah and they i don't think they seem to understand (laughs) they don't seem to understand that this is the third dimensional presentation of the shift. It isn't just happening on the 11th dimension. You know, we're not all just waking up to the diamond light codes and 
whizzing off into a ball of light. Yes, we're doing that, but it's all happening here in this reality. We need to look at all of it. Um, so the, the first thing the nine showed me was when, when it comes to this political shift, um, if you were to look at the earth say, as a flat disc, and I, I'm not meaning as if it were flat, oh, that's boy. a whole, <laughs> whole other issue, whole other issue. I might have discussed that with me as well. That's not what I mean. I mean, if you were to just look wait, at Wait, 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 wait. You can't just gloss over what did the nine say about the flat earth then? Well, I, I can definitely come back can to that. Can we come back to that? Yeah. yeah, let's make a note to come yeah. back to that. But the I, I'm talking about um, countries and places energetically and what's happening. If you were to look at that construct, construction as, as a flat disc, America was is right in the middle. America is right in the very, very center of this. So this is energetic presentation. And if you imagine a water going down a plug hole, so, you know, you, you let the water out the bath and it's going to swirl around slowly. And then when it gets to the center, it's really, really fast as it goes down the plug hole, isn't it? Yeah. I know there's a word for this, but I don't know what it is. So Centrifugal America, Yeah, that's probably it. So the, the America, America's right in the center. That means everything's really intense and fast there. And then the, the waves of intensity. So this is specifically political and financial. Um, and the and the revealing of uh, that which has been hidden. So it's all in America, and then it's filtering out into the rest of the planet. Hmm. So we're all getting the the backlash waves, depending on where we are. I'm in the UK, although we're going a bit intense as well at the moment. But that's kind of what they told me. And um, so I followed the the political, not, not not really in a big way, but I followed the political changes. And um, what I saw was when, when Obama was, and McLean were in the election, I could see the two timelines and the, the energy was really on, from the Illuminati cabal point of view, McLean was the person, is it McCain? McCain, McCain yeah. McCain, yeah. The energy was on McCain and the, the, the actual timeline there was a, a terrible trajectory. Obama was a better trajectory. Um, so obviously I really, really hoped Obama would win the election at that time because I could see the different timelines. I now realise it's because of what was yet to come, yeah. not what was happening there. Yeah, it's yeah. where it would lead in the future. And uh, But I have to say that at that time, Obama had an energy that, you know, at the time you could think, well, maybe, maybe his energy... It will do something, and there, there seemed to be some hope. Yeah, oh, hope, I got, and be, I, yeah. I got sucked right into it. I was, I remember where yeah. I was when that whole thing happened. I was like, "Yes, this is awesome. We are change." Like, was it "We are change"? Or I don't know I can't what, what it was. What was it? What was his tag? Anyways, like yes. I was sucked right in. I got all emotional. Yeah. I probably even shed a couple tears that night. I was like, "Wow, yeah. this is amazing." Did you do the same thing well, for it, Trudeau? It was. It, it was amazing and it was awesome because of where it's led. Because had McCain got in, we're looking at a trajectory for World War Three. I mean, that's that that's that's the trajectory for that particular timeline. I mean, I'm looking at multi levels here. We would have always been able to move around, you know, we would always be able to, to change it because it's all down to us. It's not an outside thing. It's not like, oh, if they get in to power that's it, we're doomed. And if this person gets in, we're saved. It's not like that. The power is with us. But I'm, I'm looking at what the timelines were showing me. 
So when Obama got in, I was very pleased because I could see that that was not a trajectory for World War Three. It was way on the sidelines and there was some good things there. And then I saw very, very quickly, I mean, a matter of maybe two or three weeks, instead of this hopeful energy, this sort of um, um, endearing energy in a way, you know, there was some darkness there, but it wasn't that bad. It was, it, it looked like it would be okay. And within two to three weeks, everything changed. That quickly? It, it, for me. Yeah. It was that, yeah. Wow. And I just thought, oh my goodness. It was like, it was almost as though, in my opinion, that, you know, I, I don't want to, it's like, it's hot, it's difficult because the nine give me boundaries about what I can and can't say, but it's almost as though. Well, you don't want to lose um, half your audience either, so. No, it's, it's mm. not, it's, it's. That's what happened yeah. to us. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not about that. No, it's, I'm it's, just kidding. It's, it's I'll it isn't about losing audience. I'll tell you what it's about. When you put something out, you are not just delivering information; you are creating. Yeah. And there are those within the service to self factions that are able to see those creations. So the nine teach me to hold these boundaries when I speak. And so what I would say is that there was a compromising energy, if you like, Obama had some light and had some hope and was compromised how that's up to the listener to sort of research it but it was still a good result because it's taken us into this next pathway and that obviously causes even more controversy i mean there's a huge huge split and unless you can actually you won't understand what's going on politically right now if you see this from a third dimensional point of view that's right because you are looking head on and you're not looking above the energetic. You must go to 5D, the fifth dimension, at least, to view what is happening. If you start looking from the third dimension, you will never get it. So you've got Hillary Clinton and you've got Donald Trump. And when I saw those two, and this is after the election, I was told to pay no attention whatsoever to the American election at all. I didn't even really know anything about either of these candidates. I knew Donald Trump had been in the news a bit. I remember seeing his wife in the papers a lot with her like new hairstyle and handbags and stuff. But that's kind of all I knew. It wasn't till after the election that the nine said, now I can look. And so I looked at these two people and I looked at Hillary and thought, oh gosh, you know, she's like well in the cabal, uh, groomed from day one to take this role. And um, you know, I saw that it was a good thing that she had not won. And then I looked at Donald Trump, kind of expecting to see another cabal member that maybe had a bit of light around them. And bang, I'm like, oh, my goodness, he's not in the cabal at all. This guy is completely independent. Wow. So that was wonderful to see because I'm like, how did he even get in? Yeah. And then I, lo I looked a bit further and what I saw was there was some um, there was some attempt from the people who wanted Hillary in, there was some attempt to um, sort of hijack the voting system. And, he, and that was successful somewhat. And even with the attempt to hijack the voting system, Trump still got in. And the reason being is people kept their feelings um, secret. Yep. It didn't tell. So the polls or whatever would never have shown what was really going on in the hearts of the people. And that still happens now. Yeah. I actually have had people contact me and get this. I've had people contact me who are married and they haven't even told their partner 
that they voted for Trump because they they're that secret with it because yeah. you 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 say that you 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 voted for him and that you you like him and you like what he's doing and you are attacked um viciously and that attack is coming in from lots of different areas yeah. one is to deliberate um cabal members who are kind of paid or or missioned to go out there and you know put trump down on every social media platform you can find uh, obviously you've got the controlled um media system that are you know only telling us what they want us to know yeah um and then you've actually got people who are believing the false narrative that is presented in media and on social media and then you've got the genuine people who really don't know because they are seeing things from third maybe even fourth dimensional perspective and what they're looking at is thinking well look trump is a bit of a clown and he's narcissistic and he's really loud and he said some really gross things about women in the locker room 20 odd years ago or whatever that makes him really really horrible and we don't want him as a president now in an ideal world where there's no cabal no control system they're right they're right he's not got the honor and the absolute ethics in a in his presentation I'd say it's not there at all in his presentation to be a president of a country. But we're not living in a world that is not controlled. We're living in a world where there's a cabal and he's independent. He got in through the back door somehow. But if you look further and this has come from me, I've, I've wanted to see things. And sometimes I've just been sent there without knowing I've actually been in a remote viewed and, um, Trump does have honour. He, he does present with this sort of mild narcissistic personality. I can understand that. But of course, he needs that. There's no way somebody who is as pure as pure as, as uh, and loving and kind and sweet and light, they wouldn't exist. He has to have this, um, this personality that is very sort of, it's almost as though he's, he's thinking, right, this is me. And yeah, okay, so if it's narcissistic, it's like, this is me. And nobody is going to attack me because, you know, I'm going to get affronted by that. Everything comes back to me. If you want to t- take that as a narcissistic <coughs> personality trait. But what he does is he adds America in with himself. Do you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, this is me and I am America. Therefore, he's narcissistic regarding America. He will defend America as if it's his own self. And that is why he's the greatest person. Job. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Wow. Cause I mean, I, I flip flop back and forth about whether he's truly independent or whether he's got the other deep state backing, you know, the other cabal. I mean, it does feel like it's almost a spiritual warfare at that higher level and, and almost the, you know, the deep state versus the, uh, what's the other, uh, there's another name for the shallow state. No, like the, the <laughs> other side of the deep state. There's a, there's like the, the Trump cabal or whatever, oh, like people, what Democrats? no, no, no. You're not helping at all. So I, yeah, I can't remember like the, uh, anyways, but yeah, I mean, flip flop back and forth. I I don't see another cabal. The cabal is, um, there, there are different factions that don't actually present as if they are related in any way, but they are, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a it's a hive mind movement that can present as independent factions and you'll never actually connect the dots that they are actually connected. Hmm. So it might look like there's more than one, right? but there's, there's, there's one, they're all, because this is about energetics. It's like saying, well, are there two service to selves? 
you know, no, there's one service to sell frequency, but it manifests in many, many different um, sections. And there's a service to others frequency manifesting in many, many different sections yeah. because we're in, you know, dualis- dualism here. Yeah. But, um, recently, I remote viewed, and I this wasn't um, intentional. It was the the night of the thirty first of May into the first of June, and I just was found myself there, and I witnessed Donald Trump. And what I actually saw was um, he had to make some kind of decision, and there were many ways he could go, and there were all these other people around him, and loads and loads and loads of star seeds there, and I had many people woke up the next morning. Um, feeling that they had done something big the night before because I spoke to lots of people about this after putting out um, a Facebook status so lots of people wrote to me there was a great relief and there was a a big shift that had taken place the nine called this the new world treaty almost as if a treaty was made what I actually saw yes I saw Donald Trump make this treaty with other people as well Hmm. who were also leaders but he was like the central character within this and all the star seeds were there and there were some cabal there but they couldn't get anywhere near this and when I saw Trump uh, make the decision there were many ways he could have gone and he could have chosen something that was not in integrity and he would have been rewarded if you like from another faction yeah but he he doesn't make or he didn't make decisions based on um he doesn't make decisions based on what he could get he makes decisions based on what is right for who he is as a person and as i said he includes america in that it's like i am donald trump and i am america which yeah might be a bit narcissistic it's like you know but it's what we need so he makes a decision for america and of course this filters out into the world you know it's not just it's not just an american decision he's making a decision for planet earth and when i watched him obviously i can't see what the decisions were or what the treaty was what i could see is the energetic frequency of the decision making process and every single decision was absolutely in alignment with integrity wow and i couldn't i couldn't believe it and i'm just like wow that's what i would have done you know so have you and, have you gotten lots of uh, negative feedback from your 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 ba- your yeah. base about this i mean cuz we barely yeah. we barely touch on this and all of a sudden we're yeah. labeled alt right and all this stuff is pretty funny but yeah i mean it's pretty risky in a way but massively risky i know but this is the thing when you're an indigo um you know you speak out yeah and yes it's risky for me because obviously people hear me speak and think oh my goodness magenta that's it unsubscribing not listening to your videos again i'm not going to be buying your books this is not about people watching my videos and it's not about people buying my books yeah. it's not about me dividing people into trump or anti-trump it's simply about me being a conduit which is a a channel for higher dimensional information b someone who's able to remote view and be psychic yeah all i can give you is my perspective i'm not saying i'm right yeah yeah you know, but, the, but there's also the risk that you mentioned, like, you know, you, you, you approach the topic of why are all the truthers being censored off social media? That's a very important question. And then, you know, if you're, but if you're addressing a lot of this stuff, do you have that fear that that's going to happen to you? I mean, how many people have lost their YouTube channels or their, you know, yeah. been censored? I mean, do you worry about that at all? No, I don't worry about it at all because I know that there will always be a backdoor for every single star seed. So if you get kicked off one platform, there will be a way that you will get back to being able to deliver your message. The only way that they could actually shut the star seeds down 
is to actually shut down the entire internet. And they cannot do that because they need the internet for their own agenda and they need it massively. Yeah. If yeah. they shut if they shut the internet down, they completely cut off their nose despite their face kind of thing. And the thing is, this is what the nine mean when they say, there's one of my videos where the nine actually address the cabal in the channeling and the transmission. And they say, which video is that? Do you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's the video where the image is of a chessboard. I think it's the dissolution of the process of the veils. It okay. might be the one about the Illuminati. I mean, I, I, I can't remember the exact name of it, but there's a chessboard. And um, the reason why we use the chessboard, because they used the analogy of a chess game and they say, you have checkmated yourselves. I didn't know what that meant when they said this. I thought, okay. how have they checkmated themselves? It's not just the internet, it's other stuff. But what the nine since have said to me is they created these um, systems that they could use to control you know, the, the world, if you like, the planet. And those very systems are now being used by the starseeds and the truthers, et cetera, et cetera. So they're using their own systems without realizing, or some of them may realize, and they can't shut the systems down that they created because they're using the systems. And one of those systems is the um, internet. And the nine say that everything's flipping back. So it, it, there's a negative um seed point and a negative um intention and a negative trajectory when the planetary morphogenetic field or um the, the aura. energetic massive aura if you like energetic field when that is of a predominantly negative frequency then these negative seed points and negative trajectories they work they like work and they create the negative outcome that was intended or something similar but when a planetary system is predominantly of a positively polarized vibration energetically that negative trajectory cannot hold it's it's flipping into positive because everything's going positive and the reason why we have a predominantly positively polarized frequency is because of the star seeds that's why the truthers who can actually without realizing uh, lend energy to the service of self groups through anger, hatred, fear. Um, you know, if, if you've got truth to say, and right, Cabal, I'm going to get you lot, you know, you're going down, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, they can lend energy to them because they feed on that. So you've got the star seeds, the, 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 sorry, the light workers that are coming in from love, compassion, unity, uh, forgiveness. You know, we forgive the cabal. We are, you know, which is a big one. Mm -hmm. people say, what do you mean you forgive them? Well, look at what they've done. Look at what they've done to the children of Earth. How can you forgive them? The answer is we cannot make changes on this planet without forgiveness because it's not just an emotion. It's a frequency. Mm. It's code. It's a code. And we need to use those codes. The star seeds, the light workers, that's what they are doing. They're holding. That frequency, they, they created this positive polarization so that you truthers, when you come in with your positive intentions, they are going right in there and they're working as long as you get the balance right. If the truthers attack head on, they're going to lose their platforms and they're going to be targeted because then they're not going above. So the truthers can learn from the light workers, but some of the light workers have floated off to the, to the new world 
and they're sitting there having a picnic with their rainbows and unicorns and they don't want to know what's going on here we need them to come back <laughs> so you know we've got imbalances in both in both camps we need to unify all of us and we do that by unifying our, ourselves we unify individually and then we unify as a collective and we can help one another but i've actually been involved recently in you know practically um assisting with this unification between truthers and light workers and it is proving more difficult than i envisaged that it would be i i didn't think it would be quite so difficult but there is a way it can be done um so well it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to tease out uh who's been compromised in those in all these groups i mean i feel like that's kind of part of the problem is there's a lot of disinformation out there as well the true truthers and the true Light workers, like it's probably fairly easy. You could probably, you know, bring them together fairly easy, but it's the dissension among the ranks uh, that's there on purpose, I think, which is the difficulty in trying to, to tease that out of there. So what are some of the other things you, you think people should do to, to come together? Like, you know, you mentioned the negativity and the attacking. And I, I totally agree with you. It's the forgiveness. It's like what that, that guest, that, that show that I really loved with um, Greg Doyle. Greg Doyle. And he was he was uh, in this that's <clears throat> in the astral state like for a week long thing going back and forth and attacking this this evil entity and as soon as he brought it back to his heart and I think forgiveness was a part of that that's when that he got out of that situation and I truly believe it's that forgiveness the is the way. is the key. Yeah, so, and gratitude is even more yeah. important. You have to be thankful. It's like saying thank you for the cabal. I mean, how many people can do that? Thank you for being here. Thank you for the things you've done. It's not a um, nonsensical emotion without having any substance. It's a frequency. They can it measure it with gratitude. They can it, measure yeah, people it, in gratitude. This is the new, the new science and stuff in the health and wellness community where if you go into a gratitude meditative state, like you can measure the difference in your... Um, I can't even remember yeah. what, what it is they're measuring, but it's positive. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Sounds super positive. It's either your heart, your heart or your, uh, your head or something. <laughs> well, the thing is, you can't just take forgiveness and gratitude as an emotion on its own. It's got to be integrated forgiveness and integrated emotion. And what that means is you take the stance of a justice warrior, an indigo warrior, you know, a defender of the realm, a knight of the round table take those energies as well you ground those energies so it's like i'm going to hold my sword high and i'm going to forgive you and i'm going to be compassionate and i'm going to be grat in gratitude for you but i hold my sword high but you don't get your sword and chop someone's head off with it you hold it high it's a symbol it's a symbol it is not um, a tool for destruction this is the energy we must find collectively yeah, I like it. So I'm. You were I, saying you, you were just saying earlier about not knowing who is who is. Um, it, um, yeah, yeah, know, the the dissenters among. Yeah, got, yeah, you know which person is um, is kosher, which person is is genuine. Um, I've spoken to the nine about this as well, and what they tell me is there's a massive lesson in discernment going on right now, right across the board. <laughs> Why? Why are we being given a lesson in discernment? The reason being is when you discern, you use all your faculties and you actually strengthen the spiritual or energetic systems of the body. So you start to, you actually um, 
upgrade the solar plexus chakra, if you like, your gut feeling gets stronger. You open the heart chakra because your intuition gets stronger. You activate the third eye chakra because your insight, um, your clairvoyant sight gets stronger. Everyone is being upgraded and there has to be a way that that is done. So if you can't discern through research, um, you can find information through research, but your own discernment. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This person, say we've got here, you know, person A and person B. Is this person A right or is this person B right? They're not going to say to me, oh, it's B. He's the, he's the one that's right. They're going to guide me into making that decision myself. And I'm going to work this out for myself. And I'm going to look at all the evidence available energetically and wherever I can find it and think, I think it's B. Then they will either confirm or give me more information to be able to ascertain. And at the moment, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to work out whether these um, insiders in the truth of communities are um, genuine. Uh, are they from a, a, a supportive alliance, yeah. light, or are they from um, the cabal? I'm that's... talking about like, you know, Q, and there's a new one that's just come on the scene uh, for the UK in the last few days. It, mm. So the nine aren't going to give me the answers, but they are going to teach me how to discern and give me the tools so that I can come to a conclusion. That's what we're all doing, basically. Every single one of us is doing that. Yeah, but it's it's a challenge. That's the word I was looking for the other day is the alliance. Yeah. A little bit ago is the alliance. That, so, but that's hard for, it's hard for us, like hard for me to discern that because like you said, you can do all the research, but I mean, a lot of that is hard to sift through. It's, it's disinformation and my head is full of biases and you know, um, past experiences and thoughts swirling around, like, how do you, you know, put all that aside and go into your energy system or whatever and tell, I mean, it's difficult for us to, to get to that point. So that's where you take all that information you have, which is useful. And you have to look at whether you're being distracted. That's a massive clue. Is this situation distracting me from my goal, you need to know your mission first of all. You also need to be clear. You need to be clear of trauma. If you're not cl- not completely and utterly clear, but clear to a point where you can function. If you right. are covered in, you know, shadow traumas, that will confuse you so much that you you're unable to discern. Right. So you mean so you mean personally distract? Uh, it, to check whether yeah. you're personally distracted or whether that that societal thing or that information is distracting like a, a higher level distraction or personally distracted well all, all of these but you would look at your mission and you would think right this is my this is my mission this is my role this is what i'm supposed to be doing is this a distraction or is it part of my mission is it complementing my right mission? right okay completely taking me away from it oh, okay. if it's completely taking you away from it um, utterly and you are um not feeling good and, and that's, it's okay to be that way for a while, right. a few days. Yeah. while you. But if you're there a long time, then that's not your path. Uh, this is what the nine were doing with these books that they've written. They're, they're starting off with the assisting you to become clear and work through the, the shadows and the traumas and then get your matrix in a place of, of, of sovereignty, which means immunity to hijacking. Once you're immune from hijacking, that's why I'm not worried about speaking about this. I, I know where my boundaries are and what I can and can't say. And right, I'm right. worried. And if I lose my YouTube channel, then, you know, yeah. then I do. Yeah, but yeah. 
you know, you, you find sovereignty, you, you find trust, and it, it, you're not going to find it in the third dimension. It's higher than that. So then you would go into the heart. You would, you would take all this information, assuming you're clear with the shadow and you found your immunity and your strength. You would then go into all the information. So you're going to be getting information from many sources because we're in a, a time period. Not only are we in this uh, uh, collective lesson in discernment, we're in the time period the nine called the deluge. Um, it's like a tidal wave. That's why many star seeds, many light workers are getting images of tidal waves engulfing them. It's metaphoric for um, the wave of information. It's coming in on all levels. It's get, you're getting downloads, uploads, insight, psychic um, information. You are seeing things on social media. You are reading things wherever you go. The deluge is everywhere. So you're being engulfed with information. So you look at everything that you can simulate. You look at all this information. And you analyze with the, um, the mind, but then you take that and go. And there are many methods to do this. This is just one method. Go into the heart. And one method that the nine teach me, which is so, so simple and so, um, so effective, is learning how to use what they call the vertical pillar of light, also known as Excalibur, the, the sword of truth. So this is the Excalibur Codex. It is a it is a fail safe immunity program that has been placed in the um, energetic fields of all the star seeds uh, before they incarnate. It cannot be hijacked. There's, there has to be these agreements made with the group soul aspect, if you like, um, on both sides in both negative and positive to keep balance there. So you have this. Um, system within star seeds that can be hijacked but the excalibur codex cannot and the excalibur codex you can there's many many layers to this it's all in my new book but the um excalibur if you imagine that there is excalibur is a sword it's also the rod and the staff in the um inside the ark of the covenant it's the same thing it is your um trajectory that is a um like a, a pillar a pillar of light and you stand within that. And this is like, a it's kind of like a resonance field. It's like a truthometer. It's like an inner lie detector. So your name, what's your first name? Graham. Right. And that's your birth name, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So if you actually say to me right now, my name is Graham, and you must make it a statement. My name <clears throat> is Graham. My name is Graham. Graham. Okay. So how do you feel? How how do you feel when you say my name is Graham? How do you feel? When yeah, you good. Say it? I feel good. Okay. Now I want you to say, um, my name is Peter. My name is Peter. And how do you feel when you say that? Weird. Yeah. yeah. So that's like very very Graham. simple. <laughs> so that's a really simple, really basic way of doing this. What I'm like a calibration in a way, right? Sort of calibrate the difference between it's like kinesiology, but with your voice. And the thing is the reason why it works, if you're clear and you are not covered in shadows and you are not hijacked and attacked and you haven't got implants and. Uh Oh, there we go. Sorry. We've lost your audio for a second here. The interwebs. Um, is it our internet, do you think? Oh, no. Knows what is true and what is not because you are tapping into quantum field where everything that's ever happened, everything that's happened 
now in any timeline and in any possibility or we're losing uh, we're losing our connection here magenta i'm not sure if you can hear us or not she wouldn't be able to hear us it's not working one way Seems to be working on that one still. Uh-oh. You have no audio. Either, okay. Oh. You need to do Mag- magenta. First. Magenta. Sorry, um, we just lost you for so a couple minutes. Me. We lost okay. you. At, we lost you at the quantum. Uh, the quantum part. Uh, okay. When 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 you're looking at everything that's happened, everything that will happen, like getting that from the yeah. quantum. Yeah, could you? Yes, just... you're in, you're in a quantum field with the DNA structure. So you're looking at everything that's ever happened, everything that's happening now in all timelines and all probabilities, and everything that ever will happen. So that field is known to you at that level. So as long as you are clear of shadow and of trauma, yeah, and you have become immune and you've taken that sovereignty and you have not floated off and you are remaining anchored within the third dimension, you then have the tools to be able to use this discernment. Okay. That makes sense. So how do you get, how do you, I mean, I don't know how much time we have to dig into this, but how can you summarize maybe some steps? And I don't know if you've written this in your books or not, but to how to get rid of the trauma, how to clear yourself a little bit of that. Yes, I I can. I mean, I'll just go to one chapter in masters of the matrix and it's, there are four steps basically doing you know going through this very basically the first step to dealing with trauma is acknowledgement you acknowledge the trauma yep. if you don't acknowledge it then you can't you can't work through it you right. need to know it's there so you do whatever it takes to find out what is there if it means counseling if it means therapy healing massage swimming yoga eating a raw food diet uh, meditation whatever it takes to acknowledge Okay. So acknowledgement, and you can do this by, um, you can create, uh, you know, an entity from this. So say you're feeling fear, but you don't know why. Name the fear. I feel fear. Okay. So that's the first step. The, okay. the second step is gratitude. You have you have to get to this point, and this is like not not easy work. You know, it's not it's not easy work. I understand that. It's it's a massive massive um, delving deep into yourself. But that's why so many light workers will say, work on yourself. You hear that and you think, what does that mean, work on yourself? It means nothing. We're trying to take the cabal down. What do you mean work on yourself? I've got time for that. But unless you do it, <laughs> you can't get there. So the next step is gratitude. And it's like, I, I'm it's so grateful for this fear. Thank you to the fear. And that's, that's hard. But gratitude changes the fear because what you are doing here is you're changing the energy. If you see your energetic matrix as a large database or computer, you feed code into this computer. And this code is a sixth dimensional um, computer database, if you like. It's a structure. It's geometric, geometric structure. And the code you feed it filters down into the third dimension and creates an energetic match. It's called the law of attraction, Mm. but it's presented through geometry and through the sixth dimension instead of through visualization, which is just as good. But some people just don't resonate with the new age kind of law of attraction thing. So it's just another way of explaining it. So what you do is when you've got shadow trauma buried, you're constantly feeding codes of trauma into that matrix and creating more of the same. So you end up in the dark night of the soul or into a, um, a negative spiral. The minute you acknowledge that changes. 
because no longer do you have fear, buried fear, you have acknowledged fear. So that becomes a different code. Mm. And then you go to gratitude. Oh my goodness, that's very different. No longer do you have fear, you have acknowledged fear and gratitude of it. That then creates more um, codes in your reality for you to be grateful for discovering these traumas. And that becomes evident in your everyday life everywhere you go. Mm. It shows up like magic. The next step is analysis. So you analyze, you analyze this trauma. Why is it there? Why do you feel fear? You know, what's the reason for it? Why did this happen? It's, it's deep work. And if you need a partner to go through the work with you, then, then go for that. And the final step is integration. You integrate these emotions and these feelings and these new discoveries. Then you've completely changed the code. You might not have got rid of the fear entirely. You no longer have fear as an entity attacking you or, or infiltrating you or allowing you to be vulnerable to infiltration from fourth dimensional entities, AI or cabal or whatever you want to call it. What you have is integration of fear. So your life becomes integrated. So I can't sort of obviously go through the entire methods, but they're the steps to whatever it takes to do those steps. And, you know, this book is only like, uh, so that's it. Yeah. Which, which one is that? Which book is that again? That's the first one. Oh, the, for your first book. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good about, summary. I, I, it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, that's about matrix awareness. You become aware that you are a matrix. You are an energy system. It's not okay. matrix used in the same term. Yeah. Many of the matrix. That's funny. There I was going to, I was going to mention that yeah, earlier on. It's your own matrix, right? Not well, the, if you like, there are two matrices. One's organic yeah. and it's natural and it's created from source, God, the creator. And one is uh, an infiltration. It is a false screen. It's an inverted system. And that's the one that's created by service to self, energetics, extraterrestrial and ultra-dimensional consciousness structures, et cetera, et cetera, and cabal, whatever you want to call it. It's multi-layered, which is why we need to be multi-layered. So you become aware of that matrix system that's you. It's okay. actually a toroidal field around you. It's also known as the Merkaba. Yeah. It's, you know, there's many names to, to call this, this structure. And the nine start off very, very basically. When I wrote this, I didn't understand it. I had to read this book. When I channeled it, I read it through six times before I could even understand this material myself. And they're telling me it's basic. I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> so, uh, so that's the that that's matrix awareness and then matrix mastery. Yeah. That's why you become a master of the matrix, mastery over your matrix. Because if you have mastery over your matrix, which is sovereignty, your matrix is everything. We're all one. Therefore, you have mastery over your entire reality as an individual consciousness structure. Because you are the only um, incarnated individual in existence. Everyone else is just another you in another timeline. What we're actually doing here is all becoming integrated and individualized at the same time. And yeah. that's known as ascension, yeah. which is again, an off-putting word for people who don't like the new age, call it collective integration. There's a reason we're doing this and it's not just about taking down the cabal. It's actually natural. It's as natural as the sun shining in the morning, going down at night, and the moon coming out. It's a, it's a natural uh, uh, natural cycle. It happens to all planets, all galaxies. It happens to to, to all cosmos cosmoses. It's it's natural and normal. It's it's creation itself. Um, how, how long so, are we in the deluge process for here? 
Oh, wow. Think? That's a good question. Um, couple weeks or, more. A <laughs> couple oh, weeks no. more. We're getting, we're getting kind of, uh, we want things to move on a little no, bit. Oh, gosh. Uh, it's more than two weeks. We, we are, right, what's actually happening couple in months. Delhi? It's like, it's like many more than that. It's, 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 they're going in waves. So this is collective and individual. So some individuals may have integrated their deluge experience already. So they're not being bombarded with information and they don't need to discern or analyze because they've kind of done that for one specific or several specific concepts, if you like. So we are all in a sort of domino effect as to where we are. But when you look collectively, no one's asked me this question, so I will look. I mean, the deluge, it's a good thing because it is waking us up. It's, yeah. it's helping us analyze. But we're really slap bang in the middle of it right now, massively. But at the same time, we're in the indigo revolution, which is when the warriors take their power and hold their sword up and say, no more. This stops now, Cabal. We've had enough. Mm-hmm. But we forgive you and we're, grat- we're in gratitude for you. But we don't need your level of polarity anymore mm-hmm. to show us who we are. Mm-hmm. It can have a different kind of polarity now. That's where we need to be rather than, you know, let's get them all. You know, it's got to be an integrated um, warrior um, night of the round table energy. Yeah, it's not, you know, and that's where it's so difficult for the light workers and the truthers to come together because the truthers are in a battle. They're in a war and the light workers will run a mile from anything that holds the energy of battle or war because What you take on energetically creates an intention. And we know that we cannot do our job if we're in a war or battle because that's duality and we must embrace unity. However, if we only embrace unity, we are no longer in duality and we are just as lost to the overall assistance that's needed on this planet than if we were in a battle. So we we need to embrace the fact that we're in a battle or a war, but we need to find ways to um, upgrade that so an army becomes warriors you see Um, a fight becomes holding the sword of truth high with the knights of the round table stood next to us that's why this is the Excalibur Codex the Excalibur Codex is the codex for the indigo revolution Wow, it's 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 uh it's hard to keep that because we we go through this and like Darren and I are both going through this on different personal waves and stuff where we're you know ignoring the kind of the social medias and sort of going into our own inner work a little bit more and then but it is hard when you when we talk about all these topics to separate not get dragged down into that negativity and the and the and the fight you know when you when you're <clears throat> approaching these conspiratorial toil things so i find myself constantly flipping back and forth between resentment yeah. resentment on and anger on one hand or frustration and and then just flipping back to the the side that you're talking about <clears throat> so Which it's is uh, completely it's, normal yeah, and that's important. where many many people are it's it's completely normal and it must be integrated you know that's why the new age have a bad name because a lot of people do not integrate these right. emotions they yeah. transcend them yeah uh, they must be integrated it's it's like I've, I've actually spoken to other healers who will say to their clients oh don't feel fear let's just go into meditation nice deep breathing raise your heart there you go the fear's gone no that's not going to work. That person's going to have a crash down in three days because she hasn't integrated her fear. What what you need to do is say, you know what? I feel fear. That's why you acknowledge yeah. it. Yeah. And you are right to feel anger, fear. You are right to be 
um, horrified. Of course you are. But if you stay in that energy, yeah. you're no good to anyone. So you must integrate it. Yeah, that's good advice. That's the indigo revolution. That we, that's why we're in the deluge. And the deluge will stop when we are at critical mass for integration. integration. Which may not be 50% or anything. It may just be a small percentage. It may, you know, who knows what, the, what that is? No, it doesn't have that's to be 50%. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the percentage is, I, I must say. Um, it isn't about the pe- the amount of people, actually. Exactly, it's about the energy, the right? Yeah. Of it. But yeah. we're, no, we're not really anywhere near critical mass for integration when you look at the truth of community along with the light worker community. So the light workers are, but then a lot of the light workers need to come back down. Like I said, some of them have flitted off to, you know, the new earth on their, on their unicorn. And they're like, I don't care what you lot are doing. I'm off. Yeah. And we need them to come back and help us. <laughs> yeah. you know? So they should, on that note, should the, the light workers and the indigo, should they be teaming up with like some of the religious sides as well? Because I've heard, I actually heard an interesting take on the second coming of Jesus having more to do with that integration than anything, anything else. We need to team up with every single person who is not cabal. That's who we need to team up with. Hmm. That's, that's what we need to do. Yeah, I think and, and we can. We have ultimate power when all those groups, regardless, of, they can still be Christians, they can still be Buddhists and Hindus, New Age, whatever, or atheists, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. We are a united team, every yeah. single one of us. Yeah, yeah. The cabal have hijacked this reality at every level. Yeah. And we must team up. Yeah. Wow. That's, there you have it. Wow. That's awesome. That's probably a good, good spot to, to probably wrap it up. Yeah. With. Yeah. I think that's as, about as good as any. We're coming up on time. So. my soapbox now. No, <laughs> that's fantastic. I mean, it really, yeah, I really appreciate it. Makes sense to me. Um, do you have anything? Uh, I mean, we'll, I'll put your website in the show notes and I think you've kind of talked about where most of your work is. There's all the, you know, tons of YouTube stuff. Your books are there. Your website's there. Is there anything else we're forgetting? Well, only to say thank you so much. I, I absolutely appreciate these opportunities to speak. I'd just also like to say to anyone listening that um, please don't be upset if I can't respond to you personally. I'm getting tons and tons of messages right now, and I'm absolutely spending a lot of time, you know, speaking to people, and I want to be there for everyone. Uh, but obviously, you know, there's not enough hours in the day. Um, so just to say, I love you all. We are a team. We are unified, regardless of what your beliefs are. And we will do this. I've seen it. You know, I, I can see and many can see the reality where the cabal are. Well, it, to be honest with you, they are so um, um, changed from how they were. I mean, you know, things are looking good, really. It might not look that way on the third dimension, but they do not have the power that they had. We already have a positively polarized energetic system. So we're doing really well. So I would say, you know, I love you all and keep up the good work. Awesome. That's a great way to finish it off. Bingo, bango. Yeah, thanks a lot. Good chat with you. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Okay, take care. Okay. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And that uh, that was our chat with Magenta Pixie. What yeah. do you think, buddy? I think that was good, man. I I thought it might be a little bit more, um, a little bit more new agey, and uh, I liked how it started she out there. I yeah, think it I started out there. I like the integrated way... it all to what's yeah. going on right yeah, now. It spun and, around and nice third there. dimension, and I might have to grab that first book. Yeah, it's 
I listened to some of her stuff and it was pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I was going to ask her, like, honestly, we, we didn't really have time. I wanted to ask her, I mean, I know the answer myself, but how the process works of the channeling and how she can trust that channel. You do some right? channeling. And I think that it's all about intention, right? Like you're, if your right. intention is pure and your heart is pure, you can trust what comes in. And I kind of believe that it kind of fits with some of our other guests and what they say. And cause you know, the, the big question is when the channeling happens, right? Can you trust it? There you have it. Right? Right. That's the big, yeah. are you with me? Uh, I'm not, I don't know. I have trouble with the whole channeling thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's a tough one. I, but, I, yeah. You know, I, we should, uh, we should explore a little bit more. You should try some, some really channeling. Good, I'm not, I can't do that. I can't Why? even do remote viewing or anything like that. It's yeah, not, you're just like, this. I can't even do your third eyes all gunked lucid up. Lucid dreaming's all a mess. I, yeah, I, I just look at you. Take <laughs> <laughs> it off that gluten. Oh. Right on, buddy. Okay, well, anyways, it was good. Yeah, was a good show. great show. Big, big thanks to uh, Magenta for coming on. Make sure you check out the show notes for all the uh, links to her stuff and everything else. Uh, while you're in there, while you're in the show notes, check out the links to the support page and sign up for a monthly if you can, or a weekly or a yearly or something. Support the show somehow if you can. And uh, if you can't do that, there's a bunch of other stuff in the show notes that's free that does help the show keep chugging along in some way, shape, or form. So we appreciate that, of course. And, uh, yeah. Anything else? No, that's it, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.
supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Yeah, the blah, 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 blah. Sending out good vibes. Thank you.